Welcome back. And I don't mean to the people listening. I mean to to Adam. Welcome back to Thank Earth. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. To this time and this planet. Yeah. Not... A, not jealous at all. Not a galaxy far, far away. And a long time ago. Yeah. Where you were where last I was. week. Uh, last week, I was taking a trip to Disney. Um world in florida disney world in florida and we had limited time uh me and my wife so we figured going on like a fun interesting disney experience that we haven't been on before would be you know comparable to having to fly somewhere and you know spend just a day somewhere and then fly back we could spend a couple of days you know in disney and have, have some fun so what we did is we did a little research and we went to Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios here in uh, Orlando, Florida, which is not really Orlando. Like it's pseudo Orlando. I think it's actually Kissimmee or something. No, it's like Lake, uh, not Lake Mary. Uh, it begins with an M. Like one of the one yeah. of the surround. For those of you that don't know, there's Orlando and there's a bunch of cities around Orlando. Leeching off of Orlando. <laughs> that are just called Orlando. Yeah, they're, they're referred to as Orlando. They're clearly not, and they're like, it's like Marion County or Orange County, and there's not, there's like Lake Mary, it's not there, West something. So you were over there. Yeah, over there. <laughs> And so we did a lot of research on this um, Star Wars land because we've been to Hollywood Studios before and we knew that there was a lot of like interesting themes and ideas going to this this uh, place. And they're trying to make this experience for Star Wars fans much different than the rest of the park. Like step one is there's no music. So it's more immersive of like you hear jungle sounds and then you hear like marketplace noises and you hear starships flying over the over, you know, the area and realistically sounding too. like they hit hard like they're like it'll stop you and you're like in mid conversation and be like, whoa, what was that? Um, But they have uh, a lot of like stuff from um the the movies like uh in disneyland and disney world and whatever they have character meets where there's like it's a place and it's kind of like a ride you stand in line 30 minutes to go meet jasmine snow white cinderella you know ariel whoever take pictures and yeah stuff. T- you take pictures they sign your autograph book because disney sells an autograph book for collect you know the collect them all kind of a thing and then you go, you know, you kind of bounce around. This is very different. There's some places where you can kind of stumble upon some of the main characters, like Chewbacca, Ray, Stormtroopers, Kylo Ren. Um, but they're mostly walking around the park with like an agenda, like they're going to do something, and like they'll stop and take a picture. But, like, you can't really get them to do an autograph or, like, they also, like, when they're walking around, like, they get swarmed a little bit, you know? They're like, oh, Chewbacca, Chewie, and everybody's calling out, and he's like, and then he keeps moving. But it's... So it's a little more organic. It's more more organic. Um, There's a different way of talking. Everyone says bright suns, you know, rising moon, you know, bright suns is morning and afternoon greetings for hello. Uh, rising moons is is goodbye. Till the spires is uh, or no, rising moons is good evening. Till the spire is um, is goodbye. Um, lots of different and interesting. Like all money is referred to as galactic credits. It's not referred to as dollars and cents or Disney dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they have uh, everyone's dressed the part. And here's the thing that me and my wife did. We dress the part too there's a whole thing online where they talk about like appropriate ways to wear you know outfits and costumes and whatever like they don't want you wearing any helmets or masks like they don't want they don't want your face obscured 
um, hats and stuff are fine, but like they don't want you doing like hoods and robes, like long. Heavy, they can, well, they want to see it's, it's it's really turns into a security thing. Yeah, but that like, makes sense. But like, if you want to go dressed kind of like a someone that lives in the Star Wars universe, they encourage it. So, if you wanted to wear so, because we talked about this before you went, and you said something like, it seems like they didn't want you to look too authentic. They don't want you to look they. So you can, there's a couple of ways of doing it. They have a guide and maybe we'll link this in our description of our video yeah, like to, to Disney's website where it's like anything super military, like, you know, hard military uniforms, pilot, you know, jumpsuits with the helmets and the thing, um, extreme likenesses to characters. So like, you know, you a hundred percent look like Han Solo. Yeah. Or, that was going to be my question. Like if you, if you bought Han's jacket or Poe's jacket and had the exact look, yeah. Right. Like you're you're cosplaying as that's no good. No, that's no good. Okay. So they don't want you to look exactly like a a particular character because they don't want people stopping and taking pictures with you, you know, because they don't want the idea that you work for Disney, you know. They don't want that feeling of hey, that you know, we have to throw you out because you're taking away our business or your provide you might be providing a non Disney experience like you know posing as an officer of Disney or whatever. Yeah. And that's also security. So that it, makes sense. Yeah, because you, you know we have a ton of employees. So like yeah, because like if you have an employee they've been of Disney, they've been vetted, you know, they've had a background check, you know I don't know if you know this, but like you have to reapply for a job as a Disney princess like every six months. Like, <laughs> I did not know that. But. So, like, if you've got that job, like you have to have you. You not only first do you get hired as that position, and you go through princess school, but like you have to learn how that to to sign this sign the signature like using the appropriate hand, so that like everyone signs the same way because you don't want your eight-year-old to go and get Cinderella's signature, and then, like, she's 14, and she goes and gets Cinderella's signature again, and then they're different. Yeah. Like, it's... it's Disney says no, no. But, like, yeah, you've got... It's a security thing. They've been vetted. They've been trained. They've got, you know, experience. And then, like, you've got some yokel who comes in dressed like Han Solo, and he's, like... Smoking? You know, yeah, he's, he's, like, smoking, and then inappropriately touching himself in the bathroom in front of... Like, it turns into an issue. Like, so... It ruins the image yeah, of, that, of what's going on. You know, on. it also also Han Solo's dead at the point in time when the you know this park park is taking place. If, if y'all don't know that, spoiler. If, if you don't know that, I, I can't help you. Uh, you 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 saw what what this was. Yeah. So uh, well, but at the same time, my my Disney fanboy is going to kind of be an apologist for people who don't like that they can't cosplay. This also. It, it promotes it, creativity in a yeah. way. It lets you be part of the the world without just being, you know, the cosplay guy. Yeah. You know? And then but they also have a like policies of like hey, no guns, you know, no weapons, you know, no battle axes or whatever. However, they'll let you carry around a lightsaber hilt, you know, or you know, cuz they sell those in the park. Um so you can do that. Um but like, yeah, there's no there's no uh weapons there's no holsters no they, guns no like they don't want anything that looks like something they have to vet is like oh someone brought a assault rifle into here <laughs> well we we um we'll, we'll get to more of this in a little bit but for the lightsabers that they sell and the light lightsabers that you you know you can purchase there's only a certain there's a finite combination of them right so they probably know what those look like yeah. So if you had something that was like, you know, a lightsaber hilt that had some sort of weapon inside it, they could tell if it's, hey, this is the lightsaber you bought here. Yeah. And here's a hilt that's from somewhere else. Right. Or some other. Whatever. Yeah. And and a lot of stuff that's like big and metal, like they still go through the metal detectors. They still go through, you know, uh, a bag inspection. They still like look at all the heavy stuff you bring in and they're like, hey, what is this? And then there's like one guy that's in, in you know, a security outpost you know going by all the lines who's like the guy that they're like hey is this cool and then they're like yeah it's cool or no it's not cool or whatever so um the 
caveat you know is that like they don't want people bringing in you know going overboard and even then with costumes like you can do an inspired like look they like you can do like a han solo outfit and then but they want you to do 70 percent han solo and then like 30 percent something else so that it's not yeah your own flair into yeah so like change out the pants change out the vest you know you know, different boots, you know, something that's like non 100%, you know, movie accurate or whatever. But, um, don't, my, be, don't be Caucasian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so like I, uh, my, my wife and I went and we, we dressed the part. We had a resistance day where we kind of looked, you know, kind of more, you know, resistance ask we lot lots of tan and earth tones and uh you know like not combat boots but like work boots and um i had like a backpack that slings over one shoulder that was like canvas and um i actually brought that bag here like it's got uh, we put some writing on it it's got a couple patches like it's a yeah. brown zipper bag there's lots of buckles and stuff it looks very organic um, and you got the patches there, right? I, I, we got the patches there because I knew they sold other memorabilia. And it's like, hey, it's like going on, you know, getting one of those giant suitcases a la um, It's a Wonderful Life. And he's like, ah, I want a big one with stickers from Bombay <laughs> and whatever. Like, he wants to put a lot of stickers on his suitcase. So, like, it's kind of our same idea. I'm not looking directly at it right now, but I remember you had a Rebel Insignia and the Jedi Order. Right. right. We had the old the old Jedi Order. And then we had a, a, a Rebel Insignia. Uh, it's more of a Resistance Insignia. It's actually the exact same patch that Poe has on his jacket in The Last Jedi. So it's that same okay. patch on his shoulder or whatever. But, like, we put some patches on there. We got, put some writing in the Star Wars language, which is known as Arabesh. We wrote some. Uh, mine says, I'm, I'm going on an adventure, um, a la Bilbo Baggins from The <laughs> Hobbit. <laughs> Um, my, uh, my wife's wrote on hers. It says, I am one with the force. Um, a la her favorite character and favorite movie, which is Rogue One. Um, she also put the Rogue One. It's similar to the Re- Rebel insignia, but it's the Rogue One insignia, which has got, it's got like more, fa- a little more flair in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she did that. And, uh, yeah, we went out and had a great, t- had a great time. Like I did more of a Poe Dameron kind of inspired look. Um, she did a like a, a more of a Leia. She had hair buns and stuff, um, and then an inspired look. Um, but like we weren't movie accurate. We were just yeah. Like we got a lot of our stuff from like thrift stores too. So like we did like low budget <laughs> purchasing of of some stuff. The stuff that cost us the most, I think, were the bags and um, uh, not even shoes. Like my wife got a pair of shoes at walmart for like they were like nice like leather looking brown boots for like five bucks i'm gonna tell you something when the most expensive thing that you bought is clothing from walmart then you know you were (laughs) we were we were trying to we were doing on a budget yeah Yeah, you were you were saving up for for other stuff for other things (laughs) that i see on this table yeah um but like but the whole thing was researched before we went there, and there's two rides in Star Wars Land. One of them is Rise of the Resistance, which is brand new. It came out in December, and there's actually not a line. Like, you can't get in line for this this ride. Like, it's not a, an option yet. So, no Fast Pass. There's no, no Fast Pass. Nothing. There's no standby line. There's no nothing. There's a standby for the Millennium Falcon, which is the other one. It's called uh, Smuggler's Run Millennium Falcon, or Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. And then the other one's Rise of the Resistance. So, in researching this, knowing that they have this unique system of getting onto this ride early in the morning, is you have to show up at rope drop, which at rope drop means they they pop, you know, they cut the rope and allow the masses to enter the park and do what they need to do. Um, but you, the the thing about it is, this ride fills up in under a minute. Like the whole queue for the entire day is done in under a minute, so you have to go through the Disney app to load in to like get a chance to load to get into this get into this thing. So the part of it is is you have to be in the park at the time when rope drop happens. So like you have to have already purchased your ticket, be there at 
opening they let you scan your ticket and then get into like that starting area like main street area and then once you're there then um once you're there then you can um get into the app and it, the app knows that you're in the park and then you can then sign up for um getting into rise of the resistance and they on the app it says they guarantee a maximum of 60 boarding groups they call them boarding groups per day um and then they have backup boarding groups that go up to like 150 um then um the how the, many is how many is in a boarding group about 24 people so it's not a lot okay <laughs> Um, like, I'm just thinking of how many people go to Disney, how many people go to Hollywood Studios in a day, and how many people visit Galaxy's Edge because it's new, and you have... Ver that's not a lot. That's of not a lot of people, right. So we got up at 4.30 in the morning, got dressed in our outfits, <laughs> got to the park, got into the park, and then my wife, God bless her... She was amazing. She figured out this system, which we're not going to divulge here because we did our research. You can do your own research. Yeah. Um, we got into boarding group two on day one and then boarding group 10 on day two. So we were guaranteed and we were like some of the first people called too. like we got in like that. It was amazing. So and we me and my wife both discussed like, hey, if we go to this ride and it's not worth getting up at 4 30 in the morning we're not gonna do it but oh my god it's so worth it <laughs> this this ride first of all walking into galaxy's edge at rope drop at crack of dawn in the morning like the sun is just coming up it's still like hazy out and you're walking in and you're hearing sounds and you're seeing x wings and and a wings parked on the side like you know with pilots and stuff climbing around the them galaxy doesn't sleep that, the galaxy doesn't sleep you know they're fighting a war out there and it's not only like this amazing kind of thing to do but like you're it's it's a religious experience to, for a lack of a better like it's like going on a pilgrimage to a holy site <laughs> it's the only the best thing i can really describe it as i can't really think of any other IP, maybe Star Trek, that has that much, like, you know, Harry Potter is is fairly recent, very yeah. recent, right? So there, there are people that are diehard Harry Potter fans, and going to Universal and going to the Harry Potter park, the Wizarding World there is The Wizarding probably, World of Harry Potter, yeah. You know, and I would say Star Trek, yes... Lord of the Rings. But you got to go to uh, New Zealand. There's nothing I'm, in the, the States for that. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if, if there was a Lord of the Rings park, I, I assume for people who are diehard Tolkien fans, that would be. But there is very little. I mean, because Jedi is basically, you know, like, there's. I don't think there's anything to compare with being able to walk into a Star Wars experience. There's I, I I can't think of anything because I've been to I've been to the Harry Potter land and I'm a Harry Potter fan but I'm not a fanatic mm -hmm. like I enjoyed the movies I've never read the books um, I enjoy some of the uh, some of the little stuff that goes along with them um, I have a wand or two you know um, it, but it's it 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 didn't have this same shock and awe of, of it like not in a negative shock and awe is like kind of could have a negative connotation i'm trying to say a more positive word but like it's one it's it's positively jarring like i don't know how else to say it um yes exactly <laughs> and as, then as the happy mass the has mail salesman uh, strikes again so nods um, in ascension and and so we'll we'll start off with this ride. This Rise of the Resistance ride is in my I've been to a lot of theme parks, roller coasters, whatever. Is hands down the best theme park ride I have ever been on in my entire life. When I'm a 30 some year old dude, like I've been on some stuff. Like the only thing I can really co possibly compare it to would be the Spider-Man ride at Universal. 
That's the only thing that's close, but it's not the same. Um, there's how about the back to the didn't the star uh, the Spider Man ride used to be the Back to the Future ride? No, there's the Simpsons ride that used to be the Back to the Future ride. Okay, um, and then Harry Potter used to be where Jaws is. <laughs> no, that's not a thing anymore. Anyway, so but like it's multifaceted. There's there's actors like live actors that are walking around and like making sure everything's going according to plan. Like there's multiple parts. Like you get on one ride and it turns into another ride. And then like you're, you're moving around and then you're, you're talking to stormtroopers. You're talking to, you know, first order officers, you're running, escaping, there's explosions. There's like a lot of intense stuff and it's the whole thing is brilliant. And the other, like, some of the other stuff that I learned about it is, like, this ride is not on a track. There's no, like, rail for this thing to be on. It's, you get into this, like, one of the parts of the ride is you get into this cart. And for lack of a better term, it's remote controlled by a computer. <laughs> a droid, one could say. <laughs> and and there, so, like, you're moving around. You're, there's not a lot of that jarring movement of, like, being on a track and stuff. Um the ride is impressive in the way that like you get into like two different carts, like the, the group that you're on splits into two different parts, you know, and then like one of one half of your group will go one way and the other half will go another way and they're different experiences. And so like you ha- kind of have to ride it twice on both different times to see it the same way. It's so cool. Um, and then like once, once the ride's done, you're, you're like, ah, it was a satisfying conclusion to a ride. It was so good. So I, I hands off to Disney, the Imagineers, the people that did all that. It's, it was so impressive. So, so impressive, like. Give me a little more specific. Like I know we, I'm we trying to not up. ruin stuff. Yeah, without and that that's I'm trying. That's why I'm trying to tailor my question in such a way that we, you know, I don't want us like it's immersive, obviously, but does it make you feel like you're watching what's happening, or are you there, a, a there's participant a li- in the? There's a little bit of what of watching. Like, because they can't have you do any, like, direct interaction. Because there's a number of screens and animatronics that you're dealing with. Um, and they got, you know, the actors. The, the guy that plays Hux, he's in it. Uh, you know, uh, Adam Driver, who plays Kylo Ren, he's in it. Um, Daisy Ridley, he's in it. Or, <laughs> she's in it. Um, don't write emails. Don't write emails. I apologize. Um, BB-8's there. BB-8's an, an animatronic. Um... But like Poe's there, he's on a screen. Um, Nime Nub, he's there. Um, he's an animatronic and on a screen. So like they're talking to you, but like to give you, to give kind of like a description of what happens, you are in a resistance base, and the first order may or may not know that you're there, but they're taking no chances, and they and you're evacuating, and you get on a ship and you leave and then like you're captured and stuff happens, stuff happens. So, but like when you're going from place to place and moving around, there's live people that are actors that are there talking to you in character. And you know, so like you get a first order officer who's like moving you to an interrogation room, who's talking down to you. And like some of the, People that are in line are like looking at stuff and they're like, oh, look, this is like, look at the cool stuff. And they touch the wall and then they scream at you like, if you're going to touch the walls, then you might as well be cleaning them. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. wow. Like, All right. Like, it's it, like very immersive. Like we, like when we first got into the uh, per- particular section of the ride and I'm like, oh, look, we're standing near the trash can because there's a legit trash can, like a little push you push in and then you can drop trash like your cans and whatever. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, it's not big enough for you to escape through. So, like, they give you, we don't suggest doing it. You know, you'll get stuck, and then you're going to be right back here, you know, going to interrogation and whatnot. So, it's it's a fun, like, everyone's kind of in on the jokes, and I'm sure they're, like, all briefed in, like, how to talk to people. And, you know, there's only so many responses, like, 
the average person can give them. Like, you got to go in there with some, like, choice A material to stump some of these people. I'm sure some of them are, like, stand-up comedians or, like, people that have been on stage and they know how to deal with a heckler mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a thing. Like, I got that feeling from them. They're like, oh, we, we've been around and seen some stuff. Like, we know how to, how to deal with it. But it was, it, was still, it was still super, super fun to do. Like, I had a great time doing it. So it was, it was worth every second of it. It was worth... Then that's the thing. Like, I'm not a morning person, but it was worth getting up at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> and going and standing in line until 8 <laughs> when the park actually opens to try and get a chance to be on this ride. There are behind-the-scenes reasons that I will not go into right now for which I'm giving Adam the side-eye. <laughs> but... I do agree that you are not a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's one of two main rides that are on, that are there, and then the second one is Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. And if there's another like fanboy moment that can ex- that you can experience, climbing inside the Millennium Falcon and sitting down and in front of it like in the cockpit and pressing buttons and switch like there's a ton of buttons and switches that all work they all flip and they're sat they're like those satisfying buttons to push they make a click sound when you press them or like a switch you f- you flip it and it makes it's like a little hard but like you flip it and it goes you know kind of a thing mm-hmm. like satisfying clicks but like you go in and the the whole idea is that you're being hired as you know, a flight crew to do some legitimate, <laughs> some legitimate transportation for Hondo Anaka of Clone Wars fame, and uh, he's got a business called Onaka Transports and um, tra- Onaka Transport Solutions. Um, and okay. you're and you're doing uh, like a little run for you know to deliver cargo for him and then like once you get in you're like oh no you're you're we're gonna go steal you know some coaxium from Curlia and you know you're gonna fly it and it's uh, like there's there's a whole there's buttons and like there's three positions there's pilot engineer and gunner and uh, like me and my wife both did pilot and engineer multiple times we never got gunner because first of all pilot is amazing and an engineer is like you're the responsible one because like as the ship gets busted up like it's going to because you have people piloting it that have no business piloting something that big like bang it into walls and off rocks and stuff (laughs) like you're responsible for like making sure the shields are up and angled and like you know yeah that kind of a thing and the gunners just smash a button to to fire fire you know shots at you know tie fighters and stuff. Um, next time we go back, we're gonna do we're gonna make sure we get gunner. But pilot pilot is hands down the best job in that thing. Um, there's a left pilot and a right pilot. Left pilot goes left and right. Right pilot goes up and down. So Han is left and right. Chewie's up and down. And uh, Chewie is also responsible for uh, land uh, landing and takeoff. And pulling that satisfying lever to jump to hyperdrive, oh. that that hyperspace lever. Yes. So pulling that lever is is the important part. But like the left pilot has an all important job of left and right and um, uh, resetting. What were you, you were resetting something? And then also brake. You're in charge of the brake. <laughs> so. Okay. There's a very integral part where, like, the first time when I'm flying it and I'm flying Han and my wife's flying Chewie, like, you get over the intercom, Honda tells you, break, left pilot, break. And then, like, you don't have time to, like, look for what the button to break is. It's a red button that lights up to break, and you got to smash that. So the first time, I missed it and <laughs> ran head on into the thing that we were doing. And the second time, I was like, okay, I'm looking for this button. Like, I'll, I'll wait for the part where it comes up. So we got pilot twice, and we were waiting for that part to come up. And I saw this red button fly, light up, and I smashed that button, and we stopped. And, like, ah, oh, it was so satisfying to not crash, 
Because, <laughs> like, when you crash, like, all the lights go off, your score counter goes down. Oh, yeah, there's a score to this. Like, they score it in, like, how much money you make because the more damage you do to the Falcon. Like Crazy Taxi? Kind of, yeah. Like, the more damage you do to the Falcon, the less you get paid because they got to repair everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that was when we were piloting the second time, that was our best run. We made. You can make a, t- a possible total of 13,000 credits or something like that, minus repairs and expenses and whatnot. And we we walked away with 11,000. Nice. So, yeah. And all of this, another beautiful, amazing, integrated part that Disney has done to this is they have a Disney Parks Play app. And if you log the app in, and when you're in Galaxy's Edge, you can hit go to Datapad, and then you can do stuff around the park like while you're waiting in line like there's games to play and like you know the obligatory containers that are all around the place like they all have like little barcodes and stuff on them you can scan the barcodes and they tell you what the, what's in them and you oh. can add them to your inventory and like do stuff for smugglers do stuff for the resistance do stuff for the first order and make virtual virtual money so for there's it. like a an ar thing to this yeah there's an augmented reality thing for it you can, you know, play the hacker part, and you can hack things around. Like you can hack stuff like antennas, and uh, I highly suggest hacking the water fountain that's <laughs> in the, the that's in the the marketplace because there's a bunch of these like weird containers containing this like weird clearish dark liquid. But like if you use the app and you hack the container, a Dianoga a la the garbage monster from episode four comes up out of the water and it's like, oh, you're drinking Dianaga water. <laughs> like uh. it's this gross black water, but like you're getting real water. Like it's just it's just a you know fan service kind of thing. But like you can hack it and it'll do things like it'll unlock doors or light up signs or light walkways or like you'll get, you know, you can hack Kylo Ren's tie uh tie echelon and then get it to make sounds and do stuff like you can do stuff you can hack droids around and then you get them to like beep and boop at you and turn their heads and you can get them to do stuff it's a lot of fun um so like it's a interesting part to do to do in line but like we also just just walking around and experiencing things um when we originally set our plan to to go to galaxy's edge we I I had a, a a level of expectation. I was like, look, Rise of the Resistance is going to be hard to get into. I'm okay with with missing it if it happens. But like I want like things I want to do is pilot the Millennium Falcon, be in the Millennium Falcon is, you know, but like that high end of it would be piloting it, which I got to do. Um uh go to the cantina, which is another amazing experience. Build a droid build a lightsaber and then just sample some of the food like i had like five five or six things like on my list of like stuff to do like numbered in order of like most important to least important and we got to do all of it it took some planning but like we got to do everything um i'm sure there are there are channels like youtube channels out there that give you all the tips for how to this isn't one of them this <laughs> I'll 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 tell you some spot ones. Um, if you want, like, kind of a guide to like getting access to like what to do, Disney Food Blog. They, it's more than just food, but they also rate like a lot of it's about food. But like, they'll talk to you about like where to go and what to do and what to expect and how to get into lines and how to you know order special stuff and like they rate restaurants and all that kind of stuff. That was their our primary uh thing for uh getting information for this our second one was like our style guide and hats off to ash and brian who live in california but they have a youtube channel as well um called um it's uh always believe so always believe has a not only a style guide but they have like uh lists on how to do things and how to enter the park and they do a thing called Disney bounding, which is like dressing up in costume esque, but like kind of going in theme of characters and and stuff. They went um, as as the child from Mandalorian one time. They uh, most recently, I think they went uh, for the release of Clone Wars on uh, 
Disney Plus, they went as Anakin and Padme, but like not full on Anakin and Padme, but like, you know, themed around those okay. kinds of outfits and stuff. So they, they came across like really good. They gave us some excellent tips. They've got an excellent video. They've got a website, which was like, hey, if you want like ideas for stuff, like here's a link to a bunch of stuff on Amazon for like belts and vests and shirts and pants and boots and then like boots and pants and boots and, pants <laughs> and stuff to like kind of get. So that was, they were great for that. Um, and then another one that we were watching was Ordinary Adventures, and they're also in California. Um, but they were going through and they were doing a lot of like products and promos. And um, I guess the guy who's in charge of that one is also like a like a news reporter, so he got a lot of access to like press events and stuff like that, so he could give you know reviews on stuff before they came out and whatnot. But um, he got you know great reviews for certain things he was doing and talking about and gave a lot of like really good information on like getting into the park and getting onto rise of the resistance and you know where to go and what to do and how to talk to people (laughs) okay so um yeah we those were our three main research points but like they were also kind of just fun videos to watch it's people going out and having fun just you know laughing and being goofy like in a galaxy far far away it was fun so but uh yeah overall um all right so rise of the resistance about how long was it as a ride as a ride yeah um because it's in sections like i would probably say it's about 15 minutes altogether that's that's pretty 15 15 20 minutes altogether okay but like there's a like there's one ride and then there's like a second part where there's kind of like a little mini line and then there, you're on a ride again. So okay. I'm, I'm counting that part where the, the little mini ride, the mini line is probably like five minutes. If you're talking about total ride time, <laughs> you're probably looking at like 10 minutes. All right. And then how about uh, Smuggler's Run? Smuggler's Run is probably is probably like an eight minute ride, but it's a busy eight, eight to 10 minutes. It's But it's a busy eight to 10 minutes. Like you're moving, like stuff is happening on the screen, out the cockpit and you're you're pushing buttons and pulling levers and so, like you're you you have to pay attention too because it affects your score everyone's got to work you like you have to walk in there with like a crew of six to like handle this thing properly because like if you want like the best score like everyone's got to pay attention like it's best if you've kind of probably done it before and if you haven't done it before like maybe do it you know like be kind of a video game person and kind of know what you're doing but like have a gr- you, you you will have a great time regardless but um it's it's super fun the whole thing is super fun so about 10 minutes a piece and smuggler's run has 10 minutes that seems like more it seemed like it it's a fast 10 minutes like you you're doing and moving and pulling levers and piloting and switching swinging back and forth so I would say it's about ten minutes, but like you're engaged that whole time, so it seems a lot shorter. <laughs> okay. And then there's toys. There's there's toys. I don't want to call it there, toys. That's that's almost cheapening it. There are relics. It's, it's derogatory as well. <laughs> it's yeah, what it is. it's not really toys. I apologize not a, wholeheartedly because I'm not looking a, at them and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. They're not. It's not a. It's not a doll. It's an action figure. <laughs> it's not even like this. Wouldn't even. No, none of these are like. The, this is this is some primo shit. Yeah. Um. So the first thing I'll talk about is like when we got into Rise of the Resistance the first time, we had to make a choice. And what we ended up doing is we ended up talking to a um a cast member because they're not you know employees they're cast members they're all part of the disney experience but we ended up talking to a a citizen of batu cast member and we were like hey we have a reservation for savi's workshop which is lightsaber building at 850 and we have our rise of the resistance like right now like we're boarding group two we're being called like what do we do and they're like well you had to pre-order this like you had like this was a queue like you can't walk up and build a lightsaber you have to get like you have to have a reservation placed in advance and my wife was amazing at this because we each got a reservation not at the same time on the same day but like we had to get a reservation for 
building a lightsaber and what she had to do was go through the Disney Parks app and just continue to check to see if a spot opened up because when we first booked our tickets there were no spots available so I was just going to reserve my spot and be like you know reserve my place of like that might be a thing I won't be able to do but my wife made sure I I could do it and so <laughs> she's she's a loving caring wonderful wife making sure that I can have everything I ever want <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I, I mean that in the most sincere and positive way. Like, I don't mean, I mean, if, if it came across different, I don't it, like, I'm, I was wholly impressed with the amount of, of love and effort she put into this to making sure our vacation was the best it could be. That's awesome. <clears throat> it is. Um, so they were like, Hey, you had to like, you had to put a credit card on file. Like, Hey, this is, you know, if you don't make it to your appointment, they're going to charge you a hundred bucks. Like they're like it's a it's a thing so like hey we'll make sure and talk to other people like if you don't get to rise of the resistance we'll make sure your spot is held and as soon as you clear this you'll go to that but they're like it shouldn't be an issue you have once you get your boarding group listed as being called you have two hours to get there so the build a lightsaber experience is about 20 to 25 minutes and you should be good and i'm like okay so we went and we built the lightsaber and there's four themes to choose from. Uh, I'm not going to go into all of them, but like I chose uh, power and control, which is a little more dark side or whatever. But like I wanted to be like a powerful, clean look because that's what it looked like to me, like a strong, you know, you know, blacks and silvers and stuff in it kind of a look and not so much a uh, like, you know, flashy kind of thing. It has a lot of thematic... Res- it's, it has a thematic resemblance to Darth Vader's lightsaber. Looking at it, yeah, like it does. it's not There's... going to. If you told somebody, "Hey, I bought Darth Vader's sa- lightsaber," they're going to tell you, uh, "No, you nah, didn't. <laughs> no, that's not it." But if if you said, "Hey, I was going for something close," yeah, then you can you can probably almost pass that off. Yeah. Um... But you, they like the whole experience is like you can choose like two uh, handle parts. You choose two, from two different emitters. So there's four different handle parts that you can choose from. Two different emitters, two different pommels, which is the end cap for anyone that knows about swords, um, which have different like belt clips and, and such attached to them. And then there's two different like activation switches. And you choose a theme and a style. They come around in this like very grandiose way with like these like uh, containers that have all the different crystals in them lit up and like you get to choose your crystal from amongst all the others. So you get to choose purple, red, green, or blue. Um, I picked purple because it's one of the less observed colors. Um, it's akin to Sam Jackson as Mace Windu, and it's also got kind of this like could be light side could be dark side kind of a feel like kind of this like in between not not to sound funny but that actually fits you yeah (laughs) i i i try really hard to be a nice guy and then sometimes it just doesn't work out um (laughs) sometimes those buttons get pressed a little a little too repetitively and then it's like look here and i'm (laughs) i kind of go off um so so I, i picked something that i felt was more themed and a little more unusual, but um, yeah, purple purple seemed like that to me uh, to match me a little better um, at the time. But I also know that like when you build your lightsaber, they sell additional lightsabers in a nearby shop called uh, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, and you can buy more colors. And like when you and it's kind of the crazy thing is like if you take your lightsaber apart. <laughs> You can get back to the crystal and take the crystal out and then put in a different color crystal and it will change the color of your lightsaber when you turn it on. So you can go and get a blue, a green, a red. I will say you took this thing apart in front of me and my jaw dropped because <laughs> it is insane. It's impressive. Like the this, how much work went into There's some design work that went in this. Yeah. 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 So like the the crystal sits like straight up. It's got a point and it can rotate in place and it's like it it's impre- it makes a sound when you put it in there. Um and then they have additional colors which are like yellow, white, 
Um, or some other ones. I think there's an there's not an orange or not yet. Anyway, we can always add more. But like <laughs> it was, <laughs> but like I went there for the um, for like the idea of purchasing some additional ones. And like I like the purple. I bought a white one, and I bought what I'll tell you is multiple red ones. Because if if for people that don't know. There is like a one in ten chance of like getting a red crystal, and there being a black crystal inside. Ooh! So like the b- black crystal comes with its own like little pamphlet, and it says like this is a very special crystal with an, infused with the dark side of the force and blah blah blah. So like it's an extra special like chance at at one at wonderment. Like it's an extra little thing. Like it's kind of like a, a gimmick to sell more crystals. But also kind of not, because every crystal has something in it. It's a, I'm sure it's like some sort of like, you know, ICF chip or, or whatever. What's, is that the term? It's not ICF. It's well, there's uh, that. I guess NFC. NFC chip. That's the, that's the word. Some sort of NFC chip in it. So like it, like it talks to whatever device it is that it's put into. Um, and Doc Anders Den of Antiquities also sells holocrons like sith or jedi holocrons which for layman's jet holocrons are repositories of knowledge and trainings and teachings that a jedi made and created and then locked away for you know to be enjoyed by you know generations of jedi to come like stuff that they've learned and stuff that they've referenced and their thoughts on the force and whatever and so i got one of those and every <laughs> crystal has a different character like attached to it so like and it'll also respond differently like if you put it into a jedi holocron like you'll get yoda if you put it into a sith holocron you'll get vader or the emperor or darth sidious or whoever like you'll get and you'll they'll have like phrases and wisdom and stuff from those characters um my purple one in a jedi holocron does mace windu i have not put it into my sith holocron yet because i don't know what it is (laughs) so um, in any case, like I brought you back a little gift of, oh, word. of a red crystal container oh. and it's basically a lottery ticket for the chance of maybe getting a black one, like a black crystal. So we don't, I don't know what's in it. It has not been opened before, <laughs> but I got three, I purchased three red ones and it's. I got three red crystals. So this is a container. <clears throat> it's red in the middle and it has two silver ends. Yeah, kind of like a fuse or a capsule of some sort. Yeah. And so I am to open this. This is pretty cool. Yeah. So you... Un- it looks like I can put like a, a hook or something on it. There's there's a spot at, the, at one of the ends for like a lanyard. So if you want to run like a cord through it and wear it as a necklace or put it on the chain or... You know, have it be jewelry or decorative in some way. Put it on. Um, I was thinking of maybe putting one of them on my backpack that I take to Galaxy's Edge. You know, like kind of have it hanging from there. Kyber crystal. Nice. Kyber crystals. This is awesome. Um, So I'm going to open it now just because I'm not a a suspense kind of guy. And it is a red crystal. It is a red crystal. Nice. Well, congratulations on your red crystal, but it is not a chosen black crystal. No, but that's okay, though, because it's still a red crystal. Yeah. Which means I'm closer to having my own Sith lightsaber, (laughs) which I can, uh, you know, put together and then start my reign of terror across (laughs) the galaxy. Is that how it works? I, I think that's a, a step of it, yeah. Like that's I appreciate one of the steps. this, man. Thanks. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but, like, it'll interact with a bunch of different stuff around the park and stuff you purchase, like holocrons and lightsabers, and it changes the colors, and it talks to you, and, like, you'll probably hear it whispering to you tonight, like, evil, <laughs> evil stuff to go to. If you see some weird stuff happen on the news in Florida... You'll know that this thing possessed me. That's that's every day in Florida. There's always some weird shit happening in Florida. <laughs> so it's, that is true. That's, so I, not, I, that's nothing new. One of those news stories could be me. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. This is this is cool. So, um, so, all right. So this interacts with 
the lightsaber, I can also put it in the holocron. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see your holocron. I dare not speak of what's on in the case under the holocron because I saw what was in that case, and it's yeah, it's almost like the 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 briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, like you open it. <laughs> it's just this glowing thing. You can't even you can't even look but directly. I'll, at I'll it. let you speak on that. So Doc Ondar's not only they sell uh, what they call relics of the past. So there's lots of. Jedi robes, uh, like you can buy the Emperor's cane, you can buy Yoda's cane, you can buy uh, a number of uh, memorabilia, like you can buy um, the insignia rank for Imperial uh, officers, like you can buy that kind of like patch badge kind of thing. They sell patches and uh, statues and uh, like old Jedi or Sith obelisks and um, they sell replicas of like Vader's castle and a bunch of other like, you know, unique and interesting things. And then there's the counter. Now the counter, when we were there had a line like almost all day (laughs) (laughs) and the line was up to 60 minutes at one point. Now this 60, six, zero, six, zero, six, 60 minutes, 60 minutes, a 60 minute line. And this line leads to this counter inside Doc Ondar's to buy what they refer to as legacy lightsabers. Now these are official, like high quality come in a very nice, like unique box that is a replica of a particular character's lightsaber. So they have... Some that were there um, for a long time. They had some limited release ones that they don't know if they're going to get back. Um, But I picked up two. I brought one today. And it is Luke Skywalker's green lightsaber. uh, A la Return of the Jedi. And um, I guess you did see it in The Last Jedi in flashbacks. Yeah. But I don't think you saw it anywhere else. But that that particular lightsaber, because that was the one that was always that always kind of eluded me, but I always thought was like one of the nicest. Was it in the flashbacks of uh, Rise of Skywalker? I don't think so. Nope. I don't mm. believe I don't believe it was. Okay. Oh no! Yes, it was in the flashback when Luke is training Leia. Yeah, uh, that's that, what I was. That's the one time when you see it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's it's got it's got a three movie run, whereas. <laughs> The Anakin Skywalker lightsaber has a two, three, uh, four, five, seven, eight, nine, nine movie run. Jesus. No, seven, seven movie, a uh, seven movie. Seven, yeah. Yeah, seven movie run, because it's missing uh, Jedi and Phantom Menace. Those are the only two movies it's not in. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, but like they sold Mace Windu's. They have some of the characters that are only from the cartoons, which is like Ahsoka Tano and Asajj Ventress. They have uh, Darth Maul's, but they sell it as a single blade. But if you buy two of them, they'll get they. It comes with a connector to connect the second piece to make the lightsaber staff, the double bladed lightsaber. Um, Asajj Ventress uh, also sells that way. Hers are like curved handles and they connect in a slightly different way, but that also does the same thing. So they're trying to make like screen accurate stuff. I bought Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader's. Um, Darth Vader's is, it's a beautiful piece. It's like a really nice, nice piece. Um, but uh, these these do not have the interchangeable crystals or whatever. They're more bent to be screen accurate and such. They have Mace Windu's. Uh, they have Ben Solos. They I think they still had Ben. They still had Ben Solos. They do not have the Ray rebuilt lightsaber, like the one with like the scorch marks to weld it back together with mm-hmm. the leather wrap. They that was a limited release, um, and they were out of that one. Um, they had episode two Obi-Wan Kenobi's, um, which what they said was the lightest of them. It's the lightest lightsaber, like as, as far as weight goes, <laughs> they also had maze windows and they said and they, they're remarkably light. Yeah. They're remarkably light, but sturdy still. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mace Windu's, which we held was extremely heavy. That's just cause Sam Jackson's, a a, a couple of terms that we can't really use. B-A-M-F. Bamf. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, 
they were they were impressive. They were nice. They were really nice. Um, I had to stop myself at two because I was like I would have just sat there and I'm like, yeah, I'll take that one and that one and that one and that one <laughs> and that one. And I'm, I like my house is already kind of full of memorabilia. Like I, I like I've mentioned yeah, it before. This... Like I I really have starships hanging from the ceiling in my office. Like I have to mitigate space <laughs> for for this stuff this is this has all been fun and worth it yeah but these are jewel pieces though yeah these are these are crown crown jewel kind of top end pieces for it um so we did we did these and then we walked around we did food uh the ronto wrap is amazing it's an extremely good like uh dinner piece uh, or lunch piece. It's a very satisfying kind of like sausage dog that's also wrapped in pork and a peppercorn sauce and like a coleslaw that's like tangy. It was really good. Um, my wife liked it. She got one. Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> there's so there's so much that we were doing. Um, we did droid building. Droid building was also another experience. Like, and the droid building is actually why we probably have to have a second part to this and it'll probably be after i go um but we can't fully experience the droid part of this i forgot to bring the remote control with it but that's okay because it it gives us something to look forward to in the in when we when we revisit this yeah so the droid the droid depot uh, (laughs) me and my wife and i both said that (laughs) this was the most chaotic (laughs) piece of nonsense in this whole park because you go in like first of all the droid building has a wait and this like when we we had a reservation for this we planned it online like put in a reservation for this date for us to go both build a droid i built an r unit she built a bb unit um my droid's name is rebo r3b0 um so we we haven't solidified a, a name for our for our bb unit yet um, but we were getting there. Um, but the line for this was a, a hundred minutes to build a droid for stand for the standby. Wow. <laughs> and then, and then probably but, worth it though. But we walked in and there's, there's people running back and forth. There's kids screaming. There's, there's literally stuff hanging from the ceilings moving around on a circle circle and so like when you get through and get your reservation piece you go up to the line and there's just a conveyor belt full of droid parts and they have a basket for you and it's like you need this many parts so you have to pick up this many parts off the conveyor belt and match colors and pieces and connections and all this other kind of stuff to get a droid built for yourself and then you take it and you go to like one of the engineers and they kind of walk you through doing stuff they actually have like a screwdriver electric screwdriver on like a cord like a zip cord that you pull down to drill some of the legs and and head and stuff and attach them then they put it into a box and with the (laughs) with the uh, remote control and then pair it pair it they activate it for you turn it on but like this was like a chaotic crazy (laughs) little piece it was bizarre to walk into because there's a lot of there's a lot of places in the in in galaxy's edge that are calm and cool and quiet and easy and this was not (laughs) none of those things like it's just um like it's if you imagine episode one and the pit droids running around and screaming and bouncing off of stuff is it by design or is it just because i have i have no idea (laughs) I have no idea. It's hard to spend time in there because it's very crowded. There's a lot going on and like, it's kind of like get in, get your thing. And then like, okay, look for accessories for stuff. And then you're out because <laughs> you're like, ah, it's so much. It's so fast. Um, but our droids are great. They, uh, they wa- they, they're Bluetooth enabled. They'll go around the park and bebop and boop and do stuff <laughs> around the park. Like they'll be afraid you can buy personality chips for them to make them sound, excuse me, to make them sound different, do different things. Um, we got two of them because they'll talk to each other. So, like, if we leave them on, they'll, every couple of minutes, they'll <laughs> gleep and gloop <laughs> back at each <laughs> other and make noises, turn their heads and stuff. It's fun. It's a, it's a, it's a fun, well-designed little, uh, little uh, toy, um, you know, companion to have. 
And like when you get on different rides and stuff, he'll make different noises for what he's out and going and doing and saying and stuff. So, and then there's that. And then I don't know if how how condensed you want this episode to be, but like there's the cantina, and that's a whole nother experience. I could spend probably thirty minutes talking about the cantina on its own. Well, all right. So here's what we'll do: we're gonna commit to hitting up the cantina, and I'm sure there's there's even more than that. Um, but, there's there's all kinds of side shops and stuff that I can talk about. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot. There's um, a lot. I'm definitely planning on going to this place, and we'll revisit that the can the definitely the cantina. Uh, by that point, I should have my own lightsaber. <laughs> we'll duel out in the backyard. I'm just looking off into space right now, just thinking of it. Yeah. Um, and now you've got a red crystal. So now, if you were thinking of getting a red crystal, you can pick a different one. Yeah. You can pick. You know, a different. Style I'm just floored by the fact that like there's so many lightsabers out there that you can buy that are replica hilts, and this one is like you take out the, you know, you, yeah, you're actually messing with a kyber crystal, so you get that lightsaber feeling. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of it, like people. There was some engineering that went into a lot of this, and it's impressive. So yeah, so I'm, I I. I we're already planning on going back again, um, but yeah, it's whew, uh, again like it was a religious experience. Like it was a fun, uh, like I, two. We spent two days there, and I could not, like I could not tell you where the time went. Like it was so, like I was so happy just walking around and interacting. And my wife got harassed by some stormtroopers. Like she, she went and lay a buns and like, she went to the bathroom and, um, while I was standing in line for something and then she came back and she was wanting to get back to me because she didn't want to miss the thing. It was the lightsaber that we were in line for and she mm -hmm. didn't want to miss like getting, getting into it. So she, she kind of took off through the park and the stormtroopers saw her and saw that she was dressed in character and like, Hey, stop there. And then she just kept going. Cause he's like, I don't want to miss it. And they followed her. <laughs> To the oh line, God. to the line, and they're like, "Hey, don't you know how to follow orders? <laughs> Where's your identification?" And here, me being like the over-the-top kind of guy, I made like <laughs> <laughs> identification cards. Like it's, it's, I made them in Word, in Arabic, like the Star Wars language. Printed them out. Like I put them in, put it, uh, put them in some like display cards that are like for like price tags and stuff like you know put a piece of tape on them and like you know made them up but like hey here's a legit not a legit sorry <laughs> wrong word like a themed identification card for a stormtrooper who asks for you asks you for identification and she was able to pull this identification card out and show it to him and if a stormtrooper <laughs> could have could have a look on his face when he sees it <laughs> they kind of like look at that and they're like if 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 the helmet's eyes could move like all oh, a spider-man like you would see <laughs> one eyebrow go up and one eyebrow go down i did not expect <laughs> and this. they're just kind of surprised by it and they were like they were like is this a thing like what <laughs> and you they, they have a, a their response was you expect us to believe that's you and they're like, look, you know, you need to follow instructions. Like, but we're getting recalled back to base. Like, but we've got our eye on you. And like, oh, this is so, that's so cool. This is very fun. So people that are out there to like, it's okay to be an adult and to go out and play. Like, this is the thing, you know, you can go out and play and have fun. Especially in the, the sandbox that you've been idolizing for pretty much your whole life. Yeah. I mean, like 12 years old, oh, like a little bit. A little bit, so nine, ten, probably about 10, 10, 11 years old. Like whenever the year, like so, Jurassic Park came out, and I was like, "Oh, this this movie's great." And I had not seen Star Wars by that point, and then found out Steven Spielberg, and then like shortly after that, I found Indiana Jones, and then Star Wars, and I was just like mind blown. <laughs> I went from there. So yeah, I, yeah, for most most of my cognitive life. <laughs> I've been a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I, I know. My dad took me to see Return of the Jedi when I was like six. Yeah, and I was like, Return of the Jedi came out the year I was born. I think <laughs> I was three when it came out, but he he had me see this movie, and I was just like, "What the?" Yeah, exactly. You've got 
lightsabers and blasters and creatures in sand pits and Ewoks and Darth Vader and lightning coming out of people's hands and explosions and spaceships. Like, there's a Spoiler lot. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no. There's I'm a not, lot. I'm just kidding. If you haven't seen a movie in 40 years, like a 40 year, I think, is a good spoiler section where it's like, look. <laughs> yeah, we can't say too <laughs> you, soon now. You can't spoil anything past 40, at 40 years. So... And <laughs> you, you get to see Darth anyway. Vader's face. Yeah, exactly. So, but no, it was a great, it was a great time. It was a great experience. Um, yeah, we, I, my wife and I loved all of it. We had a great time. Like she's, here's, here's another thing is like, she's back. Like she was like, oh, I can take a break now, but she's back looking for like hotels for our next time. <laughs> like Jesus. scheduling, like she's like, I'm ready to go back. I'm like, I was ready to go back when we got home. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> where's where's the droids walking around and stuff? Like, that was another thing. Like, they, they have, okay, so all the drink carts have an, R, an astromech unit on the end of them. And the astromech mm-hmm. drives the drink cart around. So, like, all the places where you buy, like, sodas and stuff are navigated by a droid. Now, like realistically the person who's running the cart probably controls them with like a little remote control but they drive they look like they're driving themselves <laughs> or the droid is driving the drink carts it's super fun to watch super fun disney's always had a flair for that for for immersion they have yeah it's been impressive it's been a it, like i'm i'm very impressed i'm surprised that this park like in the beginning, got kind of poo pooed on. They're like, "Oh, it's just a place to buy stuff," and I'm like, "Yeah, but what stuff to buy?" But you know Holy what? Cow. And that actually will segue to another episode that we're 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 going to be doing, um, talking about just hater culture in general. But yeah, no. Uh, if you give me a park that's just Star Wars themed and accurate, you probably deserve to make money. <laughs> probably. Yep. I, I I know I loaded my credit card onto my phone and I was just like bloop yeah just okay pay, pay it bloop pay it. yep I'll I'll get that too but like it happened yeah so well this has been the end of a species podcast on uh, Adam's trip to Galaxy's Edge really wanted to uh, to have a discussion about that because man I want to go there. And so we will see you on our next episode. I am Jeff. I am Adam. You can find me at on Instagram at Tatooine Hermit. Um, Jeff. I am on Twitter. Zeus, letter N, Jeff. And we will see you next time. Peace out. And may the force be with you.